0: Hello there and welcome back to Cold Coffee No Glue Sticks. This is episode 17 and the lovely Tara joins me today for a real musical theatre episode. Anyone who knows me knows that I should have been on stage, definitely, but instead I'm doing this. Uh, This one's going to be particularly useful if you're a high school teacher looking to incorporate dance and drama into your curriculum a little bit more and help with those studies. Um, But I think it's a really good episode, share with your teacher friends and tell me what you love about it.
1: Oh, like others have said, where do, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I started teaching when I was 14, actually, wow. in my dance studio, which if there's any other sort of dance teachers out there, they will um, probably have a similar story. So I started off being an assistant teacher and uh, went through like a, a teacher's course or a teacher's program through a particular mm dance syllabus Um, they always have their like certain curriculums and then they'll take you through a teacher's course it's there's no certificate necessarily it doesn't really mean anything outside of the dance world but (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's still nice. It's still good. It was very nerve-wracking. I had a panel of teachers watching me teach, you know, these set exercises and I had my two little guinea pig students there and yeah. I, I was 16 or 17 doing that. So that was very wow. nerve-wracking. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, again, great experience. And then I started teaching my own classes when I was 17, 18. Um, oh, and wow. that was like little little three year olds which is the the youngest that we taught in my dance studio all the way up to adults you know it was just like <gasps> straight into it from there amazing what kind of dance is that uh I did jazz and hip-hop and musical theater I mean oh I my taught God, that's my dream anything yeah I taught <laughs> any dance style other than tap I was like I can't pretend I know tap and <laughs> <laughs> anything else is a free for all. And that's what I did over the, you know, over the years, um, mm. yeah, You do, you pick it up, like you'll start in one style. I guess it's similar to teaching, like you'll start in one subject that you feel quite comfortable in, you've got a good knowledge yeah. base and then you'll find that people go, oh, can you do this? You go, yeah, I'll give that a go. <laughs> 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 That's See
0: the thing I with teachers, do. isn't it? We're, we're very good at giving stuff a go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and you have to be flexible. I mean you have to be flexible and I think as a, again, coming from background as a dance teacher, specifically you know to gain I guess full-time or permanent employment is kind of rare um, and not yeah. easy to come by so again it really is like what does someone need you go yep I can do that will you give me a mm-hmm. job excellent and then I'll YouTube <laughs> it or I'll, I'll take myself off to a couple of classes to learn the basics yeah. and then I'll build from there you know so it was very much um Yeah, or I felt like I was always sort of learning and teaching on the fly, especially for those Mm. um, first few years. And then I studied at uni, which was, I mean, a bit of a joke. I went, I can dance at uni? Amazing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why not? And I was tossing up, I remember I applied to uni and I was tossing up between um, criminal psychology and education and the dance studio for uh, the education part of the degree was closest to the uni bar so I went oh yeah that sounds better <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really what a way to yeah exactly exactly <laughs> I mean you know I really I love teaching I love teaching dance I had such a wonderful dance teacher and she was really quite the um inspiration and really the motivation for me going into teaching really um mm. and pursuing it and again the fact that i could do it at uni so i get like a legitimate degree after it you go cool like yeah. i would have done it anyway but that just go yeah i'm just adding to to you know my qualifications so this seems cool i'll do this um yeah so that was awesome so i i went on to do that but again i after a four year degree and Um, all the pracs that you go on, Um, I actually initially came out and went, I don't want to teach HSC dance. Specifically, I Mm -hmm. didn't want to teach the curriculum dance. And all the other girls um, that graduated with me, there was, I think, almost 30 of us, you know, vast majority could not find a job. At all, could wow. not find a job. I mean, I think my name is still down on a um, casual teaching list somewhere in the Department of Education. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Same. It yeah. yeah, it's really challenging if you are in the performing arts. If you are a teacher in performing arts, it is not easy to find a job. Music and art are sort of the top end of the hierarchy mm. of the arts. But dance and drama. I mean no way yeah no way so yeah. it's and I don't I don't feel like it's gotten much better which is a shame which is such a shame it really breaks my heart because there's some awesome mm-hmm. teachers out there and I know the work that I did with kids in schools because I ended up coming in as an external contractor and right. that's how I okay. ended up and I uh, built my business around that and I ended up employing some yeah. of the people I went to uni with and so I had a really solid business after university yeah. as a contractor, um, mm. you know, because they didn't want and there wasn't enough interest to create a permanent job, but there was yeah. enough to have classes here and there or have it as sort of a, an a optional extra in term three or something like yeah. that so it worked out very well actually yeah um, the timing of it all but that's how I ended up you know or that's how I built my career and it, I just you know loved it and I had such a wonderful connection with all the kids that came to my classes it was really fun um And that's, yeah, sustained me for the next six years. So I ended up teaching all in all uh, for 16 years as a dance and drama teacher in so many different educational settings, in private studios, uh, in private schools, in Catholic schools, um, in curriculum, in co-curricula you know, all over Sydney. Um, and I ended up teaching also in the UK and then also eventually moving to Tanzania where I taught and wow. ran um, at some different dance and sports programs for children and orphanages, yeah. which was amazing. So that was really fun. I just, I love that. And I think that's the great thing about teaching. You can, it's mobile, you know, you can mm. take it wherever, <laughs> wherever you go in the world. So, Yeah, that's that's my strong teaching background. Um, Yeah, I love that. I just I think it's slightly worrying that a
0: performing arts teacher with that much experience still can't find a permanent job in a school. Like, should we be? for the educational sector as a whole when we're all going, oh my God, there's not enough teachers, they're leaving, there's this, that and the other. And then you have amazing educators like yourself that have gone, actually, I've taught halfway around the world, look at the stuff I can do and you're still not going to employ me. (laughs) Are you worried about that?
1: Look, in all honesty, I think so. I mean, so technically now, because I haven't gone through the um, professional development and, and all the paperwork that you have to do um, now yeah. and so technically my degree is invalid so technically right. particularly in New South Wales I cannot legally teach or be employed as a teacher Despite my degree, despite my years of teaching, I haven't gone through that process. And so, Mm. yeah, I always hear this call, like, oh, we don't have enough teachers. You're like, well, you know, guys, like, you you don't make it easy. (laughs) Yeah, you've really (laughs) got to look at what you've got going on. Um, And I was, again, yeah, one of 30 that was graduating from my degree every year. So that's 30 mm-hmm. or at least 25 people that had to do something else. And I know many of the people that I graduated with went on to retrain as a primary school teacher um, because yeah. I chose to do dance and drama as my teaching combination, but I have a girlfriend that did dance and history. And for her to get a full-time job, she had to then pick up um, society and culture as a subject too. So she teaches dance, wow. history history. And society and culture just to make a full-time load which is intense wow so yeah there's not many it's professionals sharing.
0: around that have four different specialities i guess mm-hmm. is there? like you go into the professional sector you are a specialist in one particular thing but teachers we've got to be able to do it all and you've got to be able to you can to show fly. that you can do it all and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous yeah yeah now I want to go to something a bit happier, I suppose, and something that I can feel the passion in in your voice. Um, I've spoken to a while ago, I spoke to the lovely Dr. Joe Winchester at ACU about mm-hmm. performing arts and the importance of um music and dance and drama and the kind of the physicalities, I guess, of um mm-hmm. those subjects and how we can make them so engaging, especially for those older students. And I want to get your take on that. Why are the performing arts so important to education?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. And I really want to identify what or pick up on what you said, which was about the physicality. It's the physical um, arts that we're talking about, particularly with dance and drama. Um, even something like singing as well not so much playing an instrument although that is fantastic is really vital mm-hmm. and so is the um, so is art as well making art that's important but it getting back to the physical side of the performing arts that is so so important because we as kids get older, we then teach higher up in the body. And what I mean by that is, you know, in kindy, kids are able to play and they run around and they do role plays and that's all fine. And that seems to be acceptable. But as kids get older and up into high school, they are less physically active and mobile. And we just focus on the head you know just fill mm-hmm. their brain with knowledge and they don't get to yeah. physically expel the energy that they have they don't get to physically embody or enact the things that they're they're learning so we really just mm-hmm. focus on their brains and they just sit for the longest period of time just yeah. consuming information and I think for many of us, and I know it was true for me as a learner and still now as I learn, I need to physically move around. I can't just sit there and read something or just yeah. sit and have a conversation. It's, I need to move around and it helps me digest. It helps me think. It helps me make these um, connections to seemingly unconnected uh thoughts and ideas and pieces of knowledge and it's the best way for me as a learner to scaffold information and so we're denying that from our children and like they can only learn one way which is sitting down and reading and writing which is so limiting. So I think if nothing else, despite the fact that it's just awesome and fun, dance and drama is (laughs) just like it's fun, you can be silly, there's no wrongs, it's just putting ideas out there, it's allowing kids to fail, to stuff up, to feel goofy, and it's all Mm. okay. You know, it doesn't matter at all. You just put yourself out there. They're being vulnerable. They're practicing being vulnerable um, Mm -hmm. all the time when they perform. So you've got all of those benefits. But if nothing else, it's like it helps them to learn, to digest, to, again, form new connections. It just is such a great way for the brain to start growing and developing. But we just deny it. We deny it for so many students and I think this is yeah. where you get the growing behavioural problems. Oh, this yeah. kid has this problem, this child can't pay attention. Let me tell you, I can't pay attention. If someone no. sitting talking at me for an hour, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I struggle <laughs> in meetings that go for longer than 20 minutes. I can't. I just can't, <laughs> Yeah, you know? like... I don't, I don't have a disorder. I don't have any problems as far as I'm aware, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't focus. I need to be moving. I need to be engaging, interactive. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. it's vital. I think it's so vital. But
0: this is the thing, isn't it? For us teachers, we know for the last 50 years that's been part of basic learning pedagogy. We understand that kids have different learning styles. They can't all learn the same way, same as we can't all teach the same way. Uh So isn't it a bit of a shocker that that theory hasn't then made its way up into the policy and practices around education and how it's organised, especially when students are a bit older? Why aren't we organising education to suit them? Mm, rather exactly. than see us it just seems a little bit backwards doesn't
1: drives it? me nuts drives mm. me nuts I mean even at uni I remember in my first year at uni I was so excited because we had um our subject was educational psychology I was like oh yes this sounds so <laughs> interesting I'm so excited it was a three hour lecture Like three hours. No praise. You remember those? Oh my three hours. And I remember in one of them, the first thing they said to us was, Now you have to chunk information because we can only absorb 20 minutes of information. (laughs) I thought, well, what the hell are we gonna do for the next two hours and 40 minutes? Yeah. (laughs) Am I just gonna leave? What is the point? You know, it was like even what they were teaching us in theory. Did not mm-hmm. match the practice. And that yeah. is, I can say that is true for pretty much my four year degree. I mean, when <laughs> I went and taught in London, oh my gosh, I learned more in that six months about behavior management and classroom management mm-hmm. and structuring and catering to different learning styles. I learned more in that six months than I did in my four year. Like, we never touched on that in my four years at uni. Mm-hmm. So I think there's such a big disconnect. And I know I've spoken to Joe about this as well. And I, you know, I know she she's um has her thoughts on it. And it's so interesting to hear her, you know, someone who's in the university system in that form of yeah. education. And they've got their own restrictions and barriers. And it um, you know, I know mm-hmm. she gets frustrated with it, but it just drives me insane. You think our theory is not matching the practice, and then there's a big emphasis on, again, getting it right. So when teachers try something new, I, from my experience, I see that there's a lot of um, backlash. There's a lot of um, shame around getting it wrong, you know, and so people Mm. don't want to try something new. So we go, we just go back to the safety, I say in air quotes of, well, we'll just do how we've always done it. I'll just keep safe. I'll, I'll play, play the game with everyone else and I'll just keep in line. So then I don't get in trouble, you know, or I don't get it wrong.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's a little bit scary. Um, I do think in the last kind of definitely the last 10 years, perhaps the last five years, with things like um, Hamilton coming out and the recent musical Six for um, good old uh, Henry VIII and his lovely Six Wives. But (laughs) to see those coming out and see the appreciation from wider society that musical theatre can also be educational and fascinating and engaging Mm -hmm. and touching and emotional and so... Um, yeah, you know I've run out of words so so deeply touching for all different age groups you know even if it's not your history even mm. if you are you know um, English watching Hamilton and trying to figure out when all of these dates were and what you were doing yeah. at the time and what why your king is this person and all of that but yeah. you know those guys have got education programs so mm. Mm. there's obviously a need for it there there's obviously a spark of inspiration that comes from those um, the the people that have made those musicals and written those musicals, they can mm. see that this is engaging for people. So why isn't that being brought into the classroom and taught through a cross-curricular lens? Obviously, uh, like Hamilton's a perfect example. Yes. I think you've got yeah. so yeah. much history packed in there. But then you've also got character development and the way... Um, music can evoke different emotions and the way Mm. these the the character arcs across the um the plot of the show like you've got all of those different things in there it just it shocks me that we're not taking full advantage of that especially for those older students that can grasp those concepts and use that Mm. understanding in their hsc in their university studies in their um personal
1: lives Mm, absolutely, and I think you touched on something really important there, which is this uh, the cross-curriculum, cross, cross curriculum, right? Mm. The I think the fundamental flaw of where our curriculum is at is that it's segregated. Here is mm. maths and it lives in a maths bubble, and mm. here's English and here's history, and they're separate. Nothing yeah. overlaps, nothing, there's not even... You know, it has been a while since I've looked at the curriculum. So uh, apologies if I'm kind of sounding out of date, but I don't know if it's <laughs> updated that much, to be honest. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's so separate. And there's no opportunity for kids to make connections, to draw Mm. those lines of conclusion. Oh, if that means that, then that leads to that. And somewhere that I've worked um, recently in a few different Montessori schools. Now, I absolutely love Montessori as an educational institution. practice and philosophy Mm. and teaching methodology and one of the things that really appealed to me and I I'm seeing schools attempt to do it more and more which is great is the idea that it's coming from a theme or a topic so instead of going okay here's maths we're going to teach Pythagoras's theorem it's like they come from who was this person What was going on in the time that they were around to make this theorem so significant? What was the landscape like? Whereabouts in the world did this person live? And, And then how did this theory spread? So it's not just here, memorize this theorem. It is let's find out everything about this and how it relates in history and the impact on science and then how has it impacted us now to our modern technology you know it's making it so much more relevant and it crosses all subjects so i think what you were saying with hamilton as well it's the same thing you're coming you're looking from a historical perspective then you can look at from a musical theater perspective then you can look at it from a performance you can even Mm -hmm. go into the Uh, behind the scenes of what were the costumes? How did they make the costumes? What do the costumes mean? What are the different colours? How does that show status? What's status in society? How do we see status now? Like, oh, my God, (laughs) it is just, and as teachers, I think we are fundamentally craving creativity and innovation for ourselves as well. And so coming from this um, topic or project base. Where rather than subject based, then we as teachers are allowed to explore and question and pose questions and watch the children make their own connections, which is just so exciting. Yeah. I think what for most teachers really ignites us and keeps us going when you see the kids learning and they're excited to learn oh, it's like, yes. <laughs> you know it is, it's it delicious <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yes you know, yes I'm oh my god I love thing. that thing like <laughs> yeah
0: oh I love that and I'm so glad you said that and I think the silly thing is we teach our 17 18 year olds to um almost mold themselves after what we say that um employers are looking for which is yeah creativity critical mm-hmm. thinking but we're mm-hmm. not teaching them the practicalities of that it's going back to that word practicality isn't it um mm. i don't know whether you've been over to limfield learning village and had a look at the way they do curriculum
1: i use it That's up all. until uh, so the second half of last year i was actually working in um a school called aurora college which is the only oh. fully virtual school um in new south wales and so wow. that was pretty awesome. And it's based out of the Linfield Learning Village. So oh. it was very exciting to be there. I mean, I love the space anyway. I used to run dance concerts out of there um, <laughs> yes. when it was UTS Karingai. And so I'm familiar with yes. the space anyway. But, yeah, being able to walk around – and actually see what they've done to convert it into a school. I think it's so Mm. amazing and I was blessed to be able to speak with the principal and speak with the business manager frequently there just to see what's going on, stay updated, see what they're doing and I just think, again, they're trying something different and that's, you know, that's all you can ask for. Let's just bring more variety into education More variety is what we need and so I'm excited that it's um, starting there and I'm really hopeful that once they sort of kick it off and they have a strong groundwork, then they are going to be the sort of blueprint for more of these types of schools to Pop up and government schools as well, which is super exciting. Um, more of these government schools to pop up all over, I mean, Australia ideally, but you know, all over New South Wales to offer this just different approach to education. Mm-hmm.
0: Super exciting! Oh my god, I can feel mm-hmm. the passion in you, and it makes me really excited. And it makes me want to <laughs> jump on stage and perform. Actually, <laughs> I should on. have been on the stage, Tara. I should have been there. <laughs> my sister was tap. I did. Um, I did ball- ballroom and Latin when I grew oh,
1: up. Oh so gosh, you're good. I was you the big brilliant. dresses, the
0: sparkle, yeah, all uh-huh. of that. Side of it. <laughs>
1: That's the best. But you know the other thing, so I had to I um I taught a unit of salsa dancing to several schools. Oh, and again amazing. there's always a hesitation, so there were year 9 and year 10 and it's always the hesitation mm. of mm, the partner. And um yeah. At one school, uh, you know, the school was insistent on, you know, boys partner with girls, and I was like I'm just going to mm. go with it. And I really I felt for the girls cuz they were like, gross, I don't touch these boys cuz they, are you know, yeah. 16-year-old 16, 16 boys and they were really nervous and they were sweaty and they stank and you know I was like <laughs> oh my god this is just terrible but since after that I was like you know what I'm not doing this because they're missing they're so focused on how disgusting their partner is yeah they're really not paying attention to the benefits of partner dancing you know the benefits of like being able to physically communicate with someone and follow someone's leads and you know the body language all of that I mean as you know the the benefits of all of that so from then I, I would insist to the schools and say I'm not forcing anyone to partner with anyone else they can partner with whoever they want but everyone has to have a partner but they yeah. can do it whoever they want, so that's that's nice. fine. And I, honestly, from doing that, it really changed the approach. It changed the feel, and. From there, I could get the kids into yes, like okay, this is kind of fun and 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 it's funny because we're stepping on each, uh, each other's toes and I'm turning <laughs> to the right, but your right seems to be different from my right, and <laughs> you know, so it was so much fun. But yeah, oh my gosh, salsa and partner dancing is just it's awesome. It is so awesome and yes. so good for yeah, just building relationships and a different form of communication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, I could talk to you about this all day, but I have got a list of questions that I've got to
1: get through. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I, I can go off on detours and rants, so do bring me back. Bring me back. No, I love <laughs> it. I absolutely
0: love it and I fully support it. You go off. It's the best. <laughs> so, okay, I am going to start jumping into this, but if you do have a tangent, just, you know, embrace it. We
1: love it. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> so the first question is about a gold star of the week. So this might be a moment this week. It might be when you were last in school. It's kind of up to you, but it's a moment that really made you smile and appreciate who you are as a teacher and what you can do. <sighs> I
1: have had, I mean, I've had many, um, but most recently it was, again, being uh, IT support. At um, Aurora College, and yeah. communicating with the kids again from um, Year Five through to Year Twelve, whenever they've got IT problems, can't log in, can't do this, this is working, this isn't working, and I had one um, student that we ended up getting on a call together, um, a video call, to walk through it because it was a real pickle of an issue, mm. and I hadn't come across it again, and it made me smile because this this student was so into it and committed to solve the problem as well and it really yeah. felt like um it felt like we were a team doing this and i just love having those moments of connection with the kids and i love seeing when they're so they're so focused and they're just so genuinely um into the the task, you know, the, mm-hmm. that idea of that you're in flow and time can pass and you don't even realise it. You know, it was, it was one of those moments and we we're back and forth and we we're looking up and we we're trying this and trying that and, okay, here, and it, you know, it was just this wonderful, I felt like we were a, a really solid team and it was just a really wonderful moment. Oh,
0: that is so lovely. I love those moments. It's not always about getting the right answer or choosing to do the right thing. Sometimes it is about noticing them, embracing the moment of problem solving Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. your life. Yep. Really beautiful. I love that. Um now you mentioned um your own dance teacher that was kind Mm. of the inspiration for you to start teaching. Is there anybody else or is this the person that you felt most supported by in your journey as a teacher?
1: Yeah, this is the person that I felt most supported by because for me, you know, suffered bullying and um, so insecure and unsure of myself, especially in mm. high school, that my dance studio was my safe space. It was yeah. the space that I could go to where I felt supported. I felt seen. I felt like I was someone that mattered. Mm. And so... At the time, I probably wouldn't have been able to articulate it. But I think for me, that had a huge impact on my own personal teaching philosophy. And in any of my classes, again, whether kids were forced to come to dance class or they chose (laughs) to, (laughs) um, I was really insistent on creating a safe space for them. Like, here is a space where we are all equal we are all on an even keel. It doesn't matter how cool you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how dumb you are. It doesn't matter anything that's going on in the outside world. In these four walls, we are all the same. And this is a safe space mm-hmm. for all of us, you know. So it really ended up informing my whole teaching philosophy and then went on to inform my my business philosophy as well. And it was how I then trained my teachers. So anyone that taught with me and taught um, our programs, I would say to them, the content is less important than the experience, you know, and this is the experience that we're creating. And that then informs the behaviour management, it informs the way we speak to students, what we will and won't tolerate, you know, all of it, how our programs develop and come about. Um, So, yeah, I think that was really the most significant uh, for me. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful.
0: Um quick question just on that actually. How do you how do you put together a program that that provides a memorable experience for a bunch of moody 17-year-olds that have oh, never done yeah. musical theater or <laughs> dance and drama before or are just really not into it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think everyone is a dancer and I think everyone loves dance the mm. barriers are is that we are embarrassed to look silly and this is yeah. kids adults this is everyone and so again we're uh, embarrassed to fall over or if we look a bit unco or if we forget or whatever so the lessons would build on the most basic dance steps I wasn't creating dances I was uh, creating people who love dance and who mm. love to perform, and so the performance aspect was always a big part of every lesson. So we would start off with even just walking up and down the room, and we do it yeah. in in bulk. We do it in big groups, you know. And I'd always make sure music choice was vitally important. So it had to be yeah. something cool that they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I know this song. Like this is cool or whatever." <laughs> and uh, which wasn't always easy, but like somewhere no. <laughs> at twenty four. Um, I was like, wow, I'm really struggling to be cool. <laughs> I, just, I don't know how to do it. Um, that was a bit depressing. But, <laughs> my my go-to know. was
0: always like 80s chart hits because I was like, we can Start. sing to this, we yes. can move to it. I Fun know the dagging. words, Your parents know the yeah. words. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, that's always a great one too. Fun and daggy as well. Um, that best. was always a good one so people could um, – you know, they would purposely make fun of themselves and anything I could do to sort of do icebreakers, break down the walls. I would even consciously, I would ask the teachers beforehand who were friends, who were not friends, like who mixes. And depending on uh, the school and the context, I would generally mix them up, pull them away from their friends. And so they really mm. felt like, all right, it's, it's just me. Like, it's just me. I don't have anyone to hide behind. So I need to sort of step up and I need to try. And, you know, everything was always about the positive feedback as well. And I would always point out people who just put in some effort and I would talk about their style and their performance quality You know, not that they remembered the steps or they had the highest kick. It was just their performance quality, how much effort they put in, you know, and how much I could see they just love what they were doing. And I think when you see that, I mean, when you go out and you see someone just dancing and just giving it their all, you go, they're great. And it doesn't Mm. matter if they actually are technically a great dancer you know I don't know if we ever really mind unless we're there to see a a ballet performance or a musical theater piece but (laughs) even then your eye gets drawn to the person who puts the most energy and passion into it really and we go they were great you know they don't have the high kick or the triple turns or whatever but yeah it was really about breaking down those barriers and and going we're all in it together You know, we all feel Mm. silly. We all feel stupid. So you may as well just go for it. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, yeah, not easy at all, but I enjoyed that challenge of it. Mm.
0: Lovely. Well, speaking of challenges, this is a great segue for the next question. Is there anything you wish you had more or less of when you're teaching dance and drama? could be a resource it could be a human resource kind of Mm.
1: look I oh gosh so much where's my laundry list um (laughs) no I'd wish I you know I wish I had more uh purpose-built spaces I mean I was teaching Mm. out on on concrete teaching classrooms around desks you know we were out on tennis courts and rugby fields and things like that it really um which then subconsciously devalues what it is oh we'll just chuck it here you know mm-hmm. so overcoming a lot of those sort of um, barriers and biases as well I wish I had more support um, administrative support you know from within the schools as well um, yeah that would have and you know and from the leadership team as well to say once again, this is actually valuable. More often than not, I would have great support from the PE star because that's how we came in. Yeah. The PE star saw that there's like there's yeah. one or two dot points on dance and they went, we're not doing that. So that's how I got into the tools. <laughs> Um, and so they were very appreciative <laughs> yes. they thought it was great and they told all their friends and that's how the business grew, but, uh, you know, <laughs> they were often there on their own as well and having to justify the expense, which became hard for them, you know, unnecessary pressure mm-hmm. put on them. Um, so yeah, I wish there was a bit more support in, in that respect. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Those little things really make a difference. And I think coming back to the perspective of it to say, no, this is valuable. This is super
0: valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have a box of resources
1: that you take around if you're teaching science specific? Oh my goodness! I, I mean, before we had these fancy ass phones, I would carry around at least four to five big CD cases. Do you remember those CD? And you would the CDs in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you take, take out the you um, take out the. CD, the track list on the back of the yeah. case, I'd take it out, put it in this slip for the CD in and each, um, I think there was at least 30 or 40 pages in these CD cases, you yeah. know, that I had full of CDs. So I'd have four or five lugging those about, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> and then iPods came in and my life changed. Um oh, like so that. I just, I just had my portable Bose speakers Because often we wouldn't have like there wouldn't be a sound system. So they go, Yeah, we've got dance class, but then we wouldn't have a sound system, obviously. No. So I had these big mode speakers and my iPod, which was amazing. So those I mean, and that's really all I needed really Mm. um you know dance teachers were pretty good at you know again even making stuff up or altering on the spot i mean we'd have set programs that all my teachers were trained in but they also knew enough to go okay this one isn't working let's try this next (laughs) exercise (laughs) you know (laughs) let's move it along (laughs) you know um yeah so it was really just it was just music and and a sound system is really all all that we needed
0: Yeah, perfect. Is there a dance or a performance concept that you like teaching the most or does it kind of depend what age group you're teaching?
1: Do you know what? More and more as I went through, for the longest time it it was jazz and hip-hop. That was my style Mm. because, again, that's what I grew up doing and I just loved it. Um, But as I went on, it was more um, improvisation and choreography. That I would teach the kids, oh. and even and even little the little three year olds as well, who were actually yeah. the best at it, to be honest, you know, in terms of like <laughs> make something up on the spot. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> woo, I'm awesome. And uh, so that was the <laughs> easiest, but uh, no, but coming up with uh, just different. Um, activities and tasks for the kids to get more into um, choreography and choreography around a theme as well, not just whatever the dance studio, not just five, six, seven, eight. Um, <clears throat> it was more about around a theme. And uh, so, my my best best work that I'm sort of most proud of, um, and I bet I get emotional as I tell you about it, was we did the Rocket Steadford. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, and tell me a pattern. massive inter-school uh, dance competition, and mm. it's no, it doesn't exist anymore because it lost funding, which was very sad. But I, um, in the last year, so it was two thousand and twelve, um, or two thousand and eleven. No, 2012, and I was tasked to put together a, a team, a dance, a, yeah, a team that wanted to be a part of the rockest effort. Now, I had my little dance troupe of. Um, There were seven girls who were training with me anyway. So they were obviously a part of it. But then I had a whole bunch of kids from mainly year seven and year eight, the younger years, who said, I just want to be involved. Like I'm not a dancer though. I don't want to be, I just want to be involved. I said, Great, come along and let's start working it out. Anyway, it turns out we didn't have enough people on stage. So all the kids who said, I just want to be a part of it. I don't want to be backstage. I said, You're on stage now. You don't have a choice. And wow. I knew again, because I didn't have, so the majority of my troupe were not dancers. They were not mm. performers. they had never been on stage ever. So I wow. knew it had to come from them. So I said, "Here's a theme that I'm thinking about." And they just loved it because it was social media, and Facebook was That's huge. amazing. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. loved it. So just through so many different workshops and me giving them vague directions and then them taking over and just fully taking ownership of the storyline and the performance pieces, then together we made the props, we worked together to make the costumes. It was the most amazing 15-minute performance ever. <laughs> but the process of it was just phenomenal. It was there Peace. I yeah. was just as a, a guide or as a facilitator really Mm -hmm. I didn't teach them anything they came up with the moves then we would all sit out and someone would show us or a small group would show us oh here's this idea that we have and then the the students would come back and critique and say maybe you could do this here or maybe someone could go down there or how about this other group come in here I mean they were just phenomenal and in the end Mm -hmm. they got to perform at the um entertainment um it's not the entertainment quarter. The entertainment centre, this massive entertainment centre down near yeah. um, Chinatown um, and Darling Harbour in Sydney. Yeah. And they performed and it's, you know, in front of an audience of thousands and thousands. Wow. And they were up against teams that were professional dance troops and their schools had thousands of dollars to commit to props and <laughs> we had cardboard boxes that we painted as computers, you know. We yeah, didn't have much. amazing but the kids nailed it they nailed it and they won four awards one of which was oh wow best choreography and best performance
0: <gasps> oh my god that is amazing congratulations
1: oh it was so um just so powerful and for them as well mm. and it's like guys you you know you have never performed on stage under lights in front of Thousands of people, you've never done that before and you never thought you could. And you did, you know. You did yeah. and you nailed it.
0: Um, wow.
1: It was so powerful. And I had all their parents calling me going, thank you so much. And I said, honestly, oh. I was I was just there, you know. I was just yeah. there. It was them. It was them. And it was just the best experience Um mm-hmm. So powerful. And that really fueled me from there going, There's there's something in this. Like I don't I realize my role and my most powerful role as a teacher is not necessarily at the front of the class.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? So powerful. And we all talk about how important 21st century learning skills are. It's become a very well used phrase in education mm-hmm. nowadays, but giving kids an experience that they are in charge of and that they can guide and it's their ideas that fuel it while you're right the educator is the facilitator in that moment that is such a powerful experience imagine what they're learning those skills that they're crafting on their own that they're going to take into their adult lives it's just a sensational opportunity
1: yeah yeah it was it was so powerful and I I was terrified all the way through because again, I was like, oh, I I should know what I'm doing. I should be more in charge. And then each time I came to the rehearsals, it was like, no, they've got this. I don't yeah. I'm going to mess it up. You know, this is their thing. They've got they've now got the vision and they're running with it and they were so self-motivated. I didn't have to beg them to practice or do their homework or you know anything like they yeah. would practice at recess, at lunch. They were creating extra rehearsal times. Just they were taking the initiative because they were so into it. Um and they were so proud of what they did. Even if they won no awards, their energy and their beaming faces once they got off that stage was just amazing. Yeah. I told you I get emotional.
0: <laughs> no, that's really lovely. It's it's amazing to hear that emotion in your voice because I can almost picture how it would have gone down on stage
1: there. Mm. And it
0: it it kind of gives me some secondhand pride there.
1: <laughs> yeah they, they were amazing and it, like I said it was a powerful experience for me you know as a teacher just um just trusting our kids more they're, they've yeah. got it we think that they're not interested in learning but they are they're they're so interested in learning but not the way mm. we force them to be
0: absolutely 100 percent Well, there you go, guys. Quote of the episode there. I'll be taking that (laughs) and putting it on Instagram, I think. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to navigate away from the very serious to a little bit of comedy. Can you tell me about your most memorable classroom cock up or maybe we can rephrase it to a choreo cock up
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh so many so <laughs> many I mean one of the one of the um I mean performances there's always always cock ups and there's Brilliant. nothing you can do about it um so I had a, a student and lucky this wasn't a big on-stage event this was sort of a parent a little parent demonstration but uh having troubles with her costume you know one of these crisscross backs and you know it's overly complicated when you think it really doesn't need to be but anyway (laughs) I was trying to help her feed one arm through and take the other one out and it's strangling her around her neck so then we've got a it. and I was like quick you you're on you gotta go on and then she comes out and I thought we'd sorted it and she's Proudest punch of herself, she's smiling, dancing away. And I realize she's got it on backwards. So this little oh, girl, no. I think she was I think she was seven or eight, you know. She had <laughs> Top part of her, which shouldn't be out, was out, and you know, <laughs> oh a god. big wedgie up the back. And it was just, but she was into god. it, she was rocking that performance. She didn't let her costume ruin anything. <clears throat> and I, and her, her parents were laughing. Oh, thank Christ, they were laughing. <laughs> oh, my thought, god. oh my god! Well, that's it, nothing we can do about it now. Yeah, it's out there,
0: no, no, not at all. <laughs> Oh Oh my god. Well there you go. It's theatre, darling. You just have to embrace it, it,
1: right? Yeah. Nothing stops the show. (laughs) Nothing
0: (laughs) stops the show. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. (laughs) Um, I feel like we've kind of combined a couple of the questions. So I've skipped over a couple, um, which you've probably noticed. Um the uh another one that I've got a few is um what feels illegal when you're teaching but isn't necessarily illegal something that you might feel guilty
1: about i think it's well i overcame it pretty quickly but it's it's that idea of doing doing things again the way i think they should be done rather than yep. the way it's necessarily directed so there was a mm-hmm. a school a private school And I hate being called Miss whatever or just Miss, Um, Miss Burnett it was at the time. And I mean, no one knew my last name at this school. I said, just call me Tara. My name is Tara. You call me Tara. That's how it works. And for ages, I always told the kids to call me by my first name. Um, It Mm -hmm. wasn't a big deal. And I remember there was some assembly they were presenting. The principal was talking about something, and then she sort of presented me to the rest of the school. And she said, "And you know, had, big clap for Miss Burnett." And I saw all my students looking around, going, "Who the hell is that?" Is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to point. I'm like, "It's it's me. That's my like, name." You know, it's, we'll talk about it later, guys. Just clap. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, Little things like following those kind of protocols, I was always like, yeah. nah, I want to do it my way. Or, you know, they'd say, yeah. you know, this is what this is what we want for this type of performance. So you go, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that as a suggestion and I'm going <laughs> to see what the kids want to do or I'm going to see what yeah. suits, suits these kids. I had another little performance where these girls in year three and these girls were already sass attitude you know, they weren't they were <laughs> new to dancing, so technically weren't strong, but gosh, their performance, they could just give it out there. So I did this, it was a super supermodel song, and they were supermodels. So there was a lot of yeah. walking, strutting, you know, clicking the fingers. And <laughs> one of the the opening lines of the song, um, said something about, you know, uh, beauty queen, um, no one ugly allowed. And so they mouthed it and they shook their fingers. And it was I thought it was super <laughs> cute. These little three and they, God, they worked it the whole time. And it was just, I thought it was hilarious. And they were really good at it. Anyway, and then I get pulled up. Um they said it was really an appropriate performance. And I'm thinking, were we oh, watching no. this and what you know they they had Uh, three-quarter sleeve tops on. There was no midrash showing. There was, you know, they had leggings on. I was thinking, what? I honestly had no idea. Anyway, Mm -hmm. further questioning, I was like, that one line, you go really out of a -a three-and-a-half-minute piece. It was that one line. I said it's within the context of the performance. And, you know, it was always putting up with that kind of stuff You know, I thought if I had them in nipple tassels, sure, complain. Like, (laughs) I get that's fair enough. But this, you know, it's a bit precious. Yeah. So it was always little things like, (laughs) it was always little things like that. So yeah, it always felt illegal. And I just went, screw it. <laughs> I want to do it my way. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm going to do what I want, whatever, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> I love that. Great job. All right, the last question is one that I ask every guest on the podcast. I think it's a really interesting one for getting inside different educators' heads, and I'm 90 percent positive of. of what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> if um, if you wake up tomorrow and there's a phone call and they go, Tara, something's gone terribly wrong, we need you to jump into government, you're the next Minister for Education, what is the first thing you change for education in Australia?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, the first thing I'd say is about bloody time you called me. Um, <laughs> I've
0: yes, been on that casual
1: waiting no. list for ages. <laughs> So it's about I time. Give eh? me a permanent job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the first thing I would change is like at the very first basic level, inje- inject, inject um, performing arts, so dance and drama as a compulsory subject in every single school, primary school and high mm-hmm. school. So inject it in there, not as a separate additional subject, but go. How can you bring it into the subjects that you're already teaching? Already, Mm -hmm. how can you bring drama and the performing arts? How can you bring art into the subjects that you're already teaching, whether it's science, maths, history? That's the first thing that every single teacher would need to do bring in that creative education. And then we work from there. We have to get everyone into creative thinking and the creative mindset. That's the only way that we can then really truly progress and innovate. Mm. but we're not in that we're just not in that mindset just yet yeah 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 I get it do you
0: think that anyone can teach dance and drama yeah absolutely Absolutely. what what do you look for in your teachers
1: it was again their passion and, Mm. and their ability to like I said create an experience for the students and that was all about safety and and it's okay to fail and that includes the yeah. teachers like if you you know I, I would try an exercise or an activity and it'll work out in one school and it would epically fail in another <laughs> school and I would say it out loud like well that didn't work at all shall we move on <laughs> you know, like normalizing that sort of stuff going hey that you know I'm just a, te- I'm, I'm a teacher I'm You know, like I say with my kids now, I'm just a mum. I don't really know what I'm doing all the time. So I just (laughs) try some things and some of it works out. And if it doesn't, then let's chat about it or we can reflect on it later and see how we can make it work. You know, it really is. We've got to be okay with that. And then our students will be okay with that you know they'll mm. feel more confident to experiment and to just try try something that they've never done before it doesn't matter yeah. if you suck you, know, you can just try it and i think that's really important for our teachers to remember mm. as well just try it keeps you on your toes oh,
0: wonderful Wonderful, wonderful. I love it so much. Tara, you've been an absolute joy to have. Have you had a good
1: time? Oh, it's been great, Katie. Thank you so much. And obviously I love talking about education and teaching and creativity. So (laughs) my favourite topic.
0: The lovely Tara there joining us to talk musical theatre, why there is an insane teacher shortage in australia and of course how to develop relationships and study seals and teenagers with dance and drama and a little bit of partner work in salsa if you fancy it let me know what you think and share your stories from the classroom over on the instagram at cold coffee no glue pod and of course share with your teacher friends it helps to get the word out until then i've got some good stuff coming up so i'll see you next time